Two sisters lived on separate sides of the states. One in NYC and the other LA. They both moved to Chicago and decided to stay. Now here's their playful podcast packed with Kid Lit Parlay. Children's books. Are they really that great? Talking children's books is with Kate and Hughes 8. Children's books. Why, what, and how? Betsy? Yes? I had an accident. Uh, what kind of accident? Well, I don't know science, so... Uh, I, so that's a real bad way to begin, <laughs> I don't even know. I thought it would be a good idea uh-huh. to, you know, bleach my hair just to, like, because the roots were coming in. Which you do and, all the time. Yeah. No, like, that's, literally all the time. Yeah, no, that's fine. Right. And then I took a different dye than i usually use sure to dye my hair like a nice like auburn reddish color you know for like saint patrick's day you've done that before i've seen the reddish on you yeah Yeah, except i sort of a maureen o'hara yeah i I did that at a salon Mm -hmm. (laughs) not the same day that my hair was bleached um apparently chemicals mix (laughs) oh do they and and the hair color that you get. Let me see. Let me see. She's got a hat on. She's I taking call off the this hat. Oatmeal. Oh my. It's um. It's kind of cute. It's kind of not Betsy, but thank you. I I, I know that I you call s- this the Karen. It's like <laughs> it's like if my skin tone went into my hair. Yeah, it's like you're a Simpsons. You're a Simpson. You've got you've got Lisa Simpson it's hair. Not you just yellow. No, but her hair is the same color as her skin. Y- yeah. Bart and Lisa. It, and Maggie, it just extends. So I don't know into how to end, fix so. it other than going all black. Really? Is that your only option? I could try bleaching it again. I considered cutting huh. off a piece and dyeing it green just to see what happens. <laughs> In the name of science. In science with the English major. You know, because yeah. St. Patrick's Day. I'm trying to figure out how to transition that into what this podcast is, and there's no logical way that does it. Nope. Uh, no, yes, this is Fuse 8 and Kate. It is a podcast starring us. Yep. And we talk about stuff. Yep. Including children's books. Sometimes. Sometimes. Often. Spo- Fairly often. Supposed to. It's kind of kind of like the whole you know reason we're here. Right. Raison d'etre, as they say. Premise. Premise. Yes, there you go. And, uh, and as such, you just mentioned St. Patrick's Day. Yep. Well, guess what? What? I was smart, and I reserved a St. Patrick's Day book way in advance this year because I've tried doing this in the past and failed miserably. And I've been wanting to do this one for a while, um, so I'm going to pull it out now. Okay. Are you ready? Uh-huh. Oh, Sullivan Stew. Bye. Hudson Talbot. Hudson Talbot, what a great guy. Oh, he's still making books. Yeah. Anyway, this is uh this this has got a, lot, a little bit of text in it. But uh I think it's worth it. And it's cool looking. And look at her color hair. Look at her hair. It's not oatmeal. It's what it, but she, <laughs> she looks like she could be eating oatmeal, but that is not oatmeal. That's a dragon. And yep. Well that's, a whole, that's a whole bunch of stuff going on there. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Read it. All right. All right. While Kate does her read, let's talk a little bit about Hudson Talbot. Hudson Talbot has appeared on this show once before. I'm going to quiz Kate 
it, she's not going to get it. I'll just tell her. Uh, we did Show Way by Jacqueline Woodson, which is, I believe, won a Newbery honor. And who did the illustrations? That's right, Hudson Talbot. But he's done so many different books. He did a picture book version of Stephen Sondheim's Into the Woods. Uh, he did a biography of Thomas Cole for kids which sounds incredibly dull, but it was interesting and really smart and really well done. And one of my favorite books he's ever done, quite frankly. His most recent book, A Walk in the Words, won a Schneider family honor. The story is about his own dyslexia. So that is cool. But the thing about Hudson Talbot that I admire maybe the most, and I do admire his art, his art is amazing. But what I really, really admire about him he updates his website. I kid you not. He updates his friggin' website so that when it says what his most recent book is, it's his most recent book. And let me tell you, I hate updating my website. I hate it. I hate it so much. So I have nothing but respect for the man because he does it. And he does it well. I feel like it's like Rip Van Winkle and, and after a long sleep reading this very long book, you're, you're finally back. I am. Yes, after hundreds of years. You should have given me this book years ago. Wait, like in terms of you liked it or in terms of it took you so long to read that I should have given it years, two I years ago for you to read? I love this book. Really? I had a feeling that you might like the art. I had a feeling. Uh, sh the art, sure. but. Sure. Okay, first of all. Okay, just start. Just start. <laughs> I looked at the cover page and I was like, I've been watching way too much Game of Thrones because I can see a <laughs> dire wolf. I can see King Joffrey. I see a dragon. Oh, those are on the cover, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But the actual title of this book is O'Sullivan Stew, A Tale Cooked Up in Ireland by Hudson Talbot. Oh, okay. That's not on the actual cover cover. No, it's, it's not. Just on the it's on the title page. page. Yeah. Anyway. Odd choice. All right. So our main character is named Kate. Oh, is she? Oh, it is okay. awesome. I'm just going to confess right now. I haven't read this book in a really long time. Okay. I didn't remember any of this. So. Her name is Kate O'Sullivan. Ah. And she lives in nearby Crookhaven, which is a real place. It's in County Cork, Ireland. Just in case you wanted to swing by. I, w I was going to say that um, Hudson has actually traveled there with his friend Marie O'Sullivan. They stayed with the clan O'Sullivan in Crookhaven. Uh, so there you go. All right. Well, she's uh, just chilling out by the water when all of a sudden she hears uh, someone say, let go of that horse. And it's the witch, like the town witch, because every town has a witch. Mm -hmm. And she has this beautiful red horse that these soldiers are trying to take like for taxes because that makes sense sure yeah <laughs> one of the soldiers had, like his f shoe fell off and his like sock is sticking out with his toe <laughs> pointing i thought it was very cute anyway yeah. so these it's soldiers just like gaston exactly yeah mm -hmm. so the soldiers are like nope we're gonna take this horse and there's nothing you can do about it and the witch is like what uh, but and she sees Kate. She's like, Kate, go into town and get people to help. And so Kate goes into town and she finds these people and she's like, help, someone please help the witch get her horse back. The English are taking her horse. Exactly. Yeah. And, and uh, well, I don't know. They could be. I, I they could be, but doesn't this sound like something the English would do? Oh, yeah. I'm just saying. And uh, and these townsfolk are like, um, she's a witch. She can fend for herself. She's not one of us. Not Ooh. one of us. Not one of us. 
Not one of us. Yeah. And so Kate goes back to the witch and she's like, yeah, so they said you're not one of us. And the witch is pissed. (laughs) But she's pissed wearing fuzzy slippers. Oh, that's awesome. (laughs) Anyway, she's so angry that like fishnets come up empty. Cows stop giving milk. Gardens die. Trees fall on houses remarkably accurately. (laughs) Don't piss off your witch. Exactly. And like everyone is starving, including Kate, which I'm like. That's not really fair. That's not fair. She was trying. Yeah. Feed her the horse. Uh, no, there is no horse. <laughs> oh, that's right. They took it. They took the horse. Oh, never mind. Well, you can't eat that thing. And so Kate's going to her brothers and her dad like, well, we, in, we're we either going to die from starvation or we can try and get the horse back and die trying to get the horse back. Right. I mean, <laughs> at least one's a little more active. And her family's like, well, all right, let's give it a shot. So they go on a quest uh, to the castle, which takes a few days to hike there. But when they do... I think this is supposed to happen at night, but you can't... The, the illustrator makes no effort to make this look like He's nighttime. doing day for night. Yeah. Like in a film. Exactly. But there's like this weird method that they were trying to get the horse, including like a rope and hanging over the security guard. And like Kate is like near the horse dangling. There's a lot of flaws of... in this plan. I'm not thinking this a is lot a great of flaws. plan. This is not a great it, plan. It did not go you well. You had the whole trip to come up with a plan. And this is what you came up it with. It did not go well. Nah. Uh, her brother belched, which alerted the guards. Ah. And so they're now all in front of uh, the king. <laughs> like you do. Like you do. But this is how I know it's supposed to be nighttime is because people are coming out with like pillows and slippers <laughs> and someone's yawning so this is definitely in the middle of the night right that they're being awoken king's already like fully dressed though maybe the man doesn't well sleep. he's in his very fancy robe oh you're right that might be a robe but he yeah. had time to put on his crown of course <laughs> how else are they going to know he's a king and he's like all right well you guys are in a pretty bad spot right now and uh, i think you're all gonna die because horse sleeves and all and she's like well this isn't like the worst spot I've been in. And he's like, wait, what? <laughs> She's like, well, I've been in worse spots. If I've been in a worse spot than this, will you let me go? He's like, yeah, okay. So she does a story within a story. Ooh, one of those. So she tells the story of how she was out in this field and she couldn't resist falling asleep. And she gets uh, wrapped up in cobwebs by little tiny fairies who take her to the king of leprechauns. And the king of leprechauns falls in love with her and decides that he wants to have a wedding. And then, (laughs) this is a great line. Uh, The whole forest was dancing that night. And the music, it would have made the angels do a jig. (laughs) If that tells you what kind of music. It does. Apparently there was so much golden fairy dust that she sneezes which blows all the fairy or leprechauns and fairies away, which then makes her realize where the heck she is. She's like in this drab dress in the middle of the forest with like dead flowers on her <laughs> hair. <laughs> and I do like though that um, before she does her major sneeze, the king of the leprechauns looks like the king that she's talking to. Oh, that's awesome. So I don't know if that was done on purpose, oh, but yeah. that's that's intentional. Yeah. Yeah. But I love she's like, you know, she's done this giant sneeze and there's all these little bless you, bless you, bless you. And then there's use your handkerchief. <laughs> <laughs> elbows. Sassy this is why we fairies. have elbows. Sassy yeah. leprechauns. I know. And so she's like, and then I 
uh, when I finally got back to my family, apparently five years had passed within this one night. And my little brothers have now become my older brothers. <laughs> and I think if I hadn't have gotten out, that would have been a much worse situation than what I'm in right now. And the king's like, oh, yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, that, that would have been pretty bad. <laughs> Fair play to you. All right, well, you can go. And she's like, okay, well, if I go, then you're never going to hear about the story of how my brother Fergus was almost eaten by a sea serpent. And he's like, go on. (laughs) (laughs) I wish he really said it. (laughs) (laughs) And so she does the deal again. Like, if I tell you the story, are you going to let him go? He's like, all right. So again, another story within a story. (laughs) Her brother is out to sea. He sees a woman jump into the ocean. It kind of looks like naked. I mean, it's, she's pretty far away, but I'm going to go with she was naked. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So he Who's going to jump into the sea with their clothes on? The, there's a storm a-coming. He gets into his boat. He's battling the sea to try and find this woman. When instead he finds this gigantic, looks like a dragon to me, but they call it a sea serpent. Mm-hmm. Um, and the sea serpent's like, ooh, I'm going to eat you. And the seal, who just happens to be watching, is like, um, you know, if, you should, if you're going to eat the person, you should probably eat the boat, too, you know, because of texture. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's nothing without that crunchy texture. And he's and the sea serpent's like, oh, yeah, you're right. Turns out the seal was not on the serpent's side and pushes the boat into the serpent's mouth. Now, this... That's would, fascinating. It's almost more, more cartoony in the art than yeah. anything else he's done. Yeah. This would not be my tattoo. However, this is such a great illustration. It is. It is very good. <laughs> um, that Of the sea serpent's eyes kind of bulging out. He's got this giant... like Cookie Monster now. Yeah. He's got this ship in his mouth and the seal uh, takes uh, her, her brother away on, and goes onto the land, and the seal turns into the naked woman that he oh, had been trying to save silky. before. And uh, and then, she, you know, Kate's saying to the king, now, when, you know, dying in a sea serpent's mouth been a lot worse than being here? The king's like, yeah, you're right. All right. And then he's like, well, you two can go, but not your other brother here. She's like, well, I mean, he was almost torn to shreds. He was. And then she doesn't say anything. And the king's like, <laughs> well, get on with it. Yeah. Now, she doesn't make the deal. She doesn't of, make the deal, but I guess it's sort of understood at this point. I mean, the king could have been a lawyer here. Like, you're going to tell me an awesome story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I never ah, said I'd let ah. him go. <laughs> well, no, he's, yeah. he's he's an honorable king, I guess. So, I guess. So now she, tells, steals people's horses. now she tells the story about her other brother who was almost torn to shreds by wild beasts. Well, she starts off by a story like, okay, so I had a brother, right? So this, my brother, he had a cow and a pig. And this cow, we don't have any sassy sons in this book. We do no. have a sassy cow. Ooh, sassy cow! Doing some mad side eye here. Ah, so you call that a mad cow, eh? Mad, mad, mad side cow. eye cow? Mad, mad cow side eye. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Comes trippingly off the tongue if you say it like that. Right. So our brother Kelly, uh, he was walking along with the cow and the pig, and he goes into this barn for shelter, and there are these like thousand cats. <laughs> Whoa. That are the size of um I don't know some are kittens they're and some Cheshire are the size cats. They're yes. all gritty. They're, they're all Cheshire cats that are like some are the size of tigers. So yeah. there's a variety. Mm-hmm. Now the cats say, oh well um. We're going to sing you Danny Boy. Now, internet. <laughs> there has to be a cat version of Danny Boy. Oh, sure. Don't let me down, internet. All right, we'll look this up. <laughs> we'll find this out. But they sing this horrible version of Danny Boy, and they're like, okay, well, what are you going to give us for singing that? He's like, um, I have a pig. 
they eat the pig. Whoa. Then they sing Sweet Molly Malone horribly with screeching and screams. And they're like, okay, what are you going to give us now? I have a cow. They eat the cow. Oh, boy. And then they start singing another song, um, When Irish Eyes Are Smiling. Uh, of course. And before they can finish, he's running as fast yeah. as he can. <laughs> exactly. I'm out of cows. So he climbs up this tree, um, kind of over this ravine. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and the cats, you know, they're like, well, we're, we can't climb up the tree because he'll probably, like, you know, stab us or something. So let's just cut the tree like beavers do. <laughs> so while they're doing that, um, wolves can hear, uh, you know, poor Kelly screaming. Mm-hmm. And they come over, but they're on the other side of this ravine. So, uh, so then we got the wolves are doing their singing. The cats are doing their singing. It's horrible everywhere uh-huh. and then the tree falls and they all attack each other oh, this is the glorious. craziest animal fight i've ever seen we've got teeth we've got fur everywhere we've got swirly crazy eyes, swirly crazy eyes. i think we've got maybe some blood everywhere yeah yeah but kelly is just holding on to one of the branches for dear life while all these animals are attacking each other kind of like millions of cats <laughs> Dogs. Well, it was wolves, yeah. yeah Kate wolves, ends yeah. the story with that her brother gathered all the fur on the ground, spun it into yarn. That's right. She took wolf and cat fur, mm. spun it into yarn, and dyed it green. Um, yeah, no. I'm not... Not following you know that what? one. That's... I was willing to follow you as far <laughs> as that, but at that point... No, yeah, no, yeah, you've not... strained my my incredulity. This cannot... is where the king should have gone. No, no, no. But you, she holds you up took her. Took it too far. She holds up her shawl and she's like, "And this is the shawl." <laughs> nah, I don't think so. I don't know. Honey. But uh, but you oh, know, white cats and white wolves. Like, Come on, <laughs> right, right. Seriously? So anyway, uh, the king's like, "Well, you know, yeah, I'll I'll let your brother go, but someone has to pay for you know trying to steal my horse." Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's got to be your dad. She's like, oh, yeah, well, you know, she's my dad. He's just so crazy. You know, I mean, yeah, I know a responsibility should fall on him. But, I mean, he he did beat up a giant and all. But no, 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 no I totally understand. The king's like, uh, coming again? He's coming again? He did what now? He he beat up a uh, giant? And she's like, well, yeah. Yeah. She, uh, again, story within a story. Uh, tells the story of her dad who came across a woman with her baby. Uh, they were going to get eaten by this giant. In oh, a... okay. This is the story of uh, Finno Cool. Anyway, this is a famous uh, giant story in Ireland. Oh, well, yeah. yeah. The giant wanted to eat this woman's baby. Um, but instead, uh, her father was like, no, um, put me in the pot and I'll pretend to be uh, the meal for the giant. And the giant, uh, you know, he, he takes a nap, at which point they could have just left. Oh, uh, yeah. The woman put an apple in his mouth so that when the giant went to eat the plate with the man and the apple, uh, the man, her father, uh, flung the apple into the giant's eye. She poured the pot onto his foot. He's jumping around super angry. They get away. Where's the baby? She has the baby. Oh, she has the baby. Right. And, uh, and, you know, she's he saves them, and they all go their separate ways. And at this point, all the uh, townspeople are, are, you know, sitting around the, the king and Kate and her family. And... Are they all sitting crisscross applesauce? No, no. Oh, there's okay. a, definitely a woman sitting on the stairs who has curlers in her hair oh, and nice. slippers, yeah. which I'm a big fan of. The slippers are great. They keep coming up. <laughs> 
But the king is like, I'm sorry, this one I can't believe. This is too far-fetched. Until the king's mother, the the queen mother, comes out. And and she says, thank you so much, old man, for saving my life and my son, who was I've never told this crazy story to. And I can vouch that this is all true. And the king's like, what? What? (laughs) And so Kate's like, um, so can we go now? (laughs) And he's like, oh, I'm going to give you, um... You know, you're the horse, I'm going to give you food, I'm going to give you gold, I'm going to give you jewels, I'm going to give you everything you want, and I'll, and I'll keep food and drink uh, in Crookhaven for months. Months? Months. Months? It just works months. That's it? No, you're only worth months. Ugh. Frustrating. Yeah. Anyway, so Kate and the family get back to Crookhaven, they throw a giant feast. At this point it says, the witch had come out of her snit. <laughs> so they could have just waited you know if i'm ever in a bad mood and, and then i wake up one day and i feel better i will just tell my family the witch is out of her snit there you go yeah <laughs> and uh and they have this giant party in honor of kate and the witch um and there's there's a giant sign that says everyone is one of us and in the bottom right corner <laughs> i just love these little mice are dancing with this frog and the frog is like i have no idea what's going what's on what's i don't know what i'm doing but <laughs> apparently this is how you dance <laughs> And everyone, you know, had a good time. And I thought that that was the end of the story. You would think that'd be the end of the story, yeah. That's not the end of the story. Oh, we, got, okay. we got a little bit more to go, which I'm actually grateful for because I actually do like the ending. All right. Though, if it, if it had been the end of the story, I think the moral of the story would have been, don't have patience, kids. Yeah, and Stu has nothing to do with this book. Not at all. Yeah. No. The next morning, the witch comes to Kate's door and says, you know, I saw how you rode my horse. You really should own the horse. His name's Sebastian. And Kate's like, well, what's your name? And this is the best name in a kid's book ever. Oh, okay. She says, in, in the coven, I was known as Blazing Dragon, whose rage has no limits. But you can call me Fifi. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's brilliant. Fifi. <laughs> so then uh, the following morning, the king comes to Kate's house. And she's like, he, he's saying, you know, you're, you're the only one I can think about. Um, I, I want you to be my wife. And Kate's like, you know what? And I was like, please don't say yes. Please don't say yes. Because that would really suck. And she was like, I'll be your queen and we'll live happily ever after. Mm -hmm. She's like, you know what? I've decided that after talking so much about other people's adventures, I'm going to go find some of my own. And she gets on that horse and she tells the king that if you can wait for five years, you can find me here. The end. That's amazing. That's great. What a heck of an ending. Man. Anyway, that's, that's the book. Wow, that's a big old book. It's a long book. It's a big long book, but it, it puts so many different kinds of like Irish things. You got your leprechauns, you got your giants, and you've got, you know, all your different things. But yeah, there's no stew. There's no stew. It's not on the cover, but the stew is her stories. The really. stew is her, I know. Yeah. I know. It's a metaphor stew. Uh... A metaphorical stew. Um, I pretty much said the only fact about it that I knew, which was that Hudson and his friend Marie O'Sullivan went to Ireland, which I'm rather convinced that authors and artists really only set books in other countries just so they can visit them to do research. Mm-hmm. So I'm pretty sure that's who was doing there. Ratings time! Okay, it's very obvious that I love this book, not just for St. Patrick's Day, but for any time of the year. It's got a strong female character, it's got great stories, it's got a great ending, it's got beautiful illustrations. It just needed a different title, but... Heck, I'm giving this an eight. Whoa! I love that's it. That's a big old high number there. 
I got nothing against this book. I don't know if I'm quite as blown away as you are, but I enjoy it very much, and I like the art of Mr. Hudson Talbot very much. Uh, I'm giving it a strong 6.5. With our scores combined, it's a classic. It's a classic! Yay! Yay! And much more clear-cut a classic than our previous St. Patrick's Day books. I will tell you that much. Yes. Yes. Letters time. Oh, boy. Do I know how to pick them or do I know how to pick them? Else Marie and the Seven Little Daddies brought us loads of responses. Far more than we've gotten uh, regarding any other book in quite some time. Uh, and boy, they really varied. So we had a, a bunch of different points. Um, Paul Ozolinsky, for example, was sure to write in... When I complained about the fact that when they translate words, they do it with this clunky, like, black, looks like a felt-tip marker, which I just thought was lazy on their part. Oh boy, he goes into the technical money reasons about why they would have done that and erasing the original word out of all four printing plates and having to replace it with anything real-looking would mean matching the colored art and photographing it and separating the colors to merge back into the more expensive... It just basically made it clear that yeah, that's it looks clunky for a reason. Sorry, but that that makes sense. It's not a felt tip pen. It's not a felt tip pen. Let's just say that. I was like, okay. Then we had four questions about the illustrations, uh, and the universal understanding is yes, you would have something to show a bathroom was occupied, even if it was in someone's home, which is very strange. Um, no one could decide what the hanging thing in the bathroom was, but most people thought it had some sort of perfume or potpourri or something in some way. And it's definitely a hairdryer. No one could explain why it was in the bedroom, Bedroom. but you know, it, it was. Now to the painting, we got an interesting variety of responses. The author illustrator herself wrote in to clarify. That's so cool. That is so cool. And she, and I think she wrote it in English. Um, and she specified that the, yes, the painting is by, uh, Francis, and I'm going to mm, just muff this last name, but it's Picabia. And, but it was Lark who was the one who actually was able to determine even before, uh, Peter Lindebaum wrote in that the name of the piece is Premier Recontra. And, uh, it can be found in the Moderna Musée in Stockholm, Sweden. There you go. So, and she she got that because of her art history degree. So. I knew there were art history majors listening. <laughs> I know, right? But the greatest of all these was the response from K5 Steel, author illustrator K5 Steel of, of many fine picture books as well. Uh, she won by showing us an amazing illustration of the original ending of the book, where they are not reading on the mom's lap in front of a roaring fire. The mom. Her daughter and all seven little daddies are, in fact, reading a book in the bathtub. All of them. And no... Looking at the photo album. No, Yes, look at the yeah. photo album. And no British Americans, they're not wearing their clothes because they're in the bathtub. And it you understand why they probably changed it for America. Uh, but it is absolutely fantastic. And does make me very much wish that I could see the original... Uh, art myself and see the original book. Because what else did they change? Or did they not? Who's to say? Anyway, that was great. Grown-up things we like. You go first. Okay, I'm very happy. I, I As part of my job, I somehow got roped into uh, a grant. I applied for it, and like a fool, I applied for it, and then got it, which meant I had to do things. Now, thankfully, the penguinologist was able to tell me what kind of video equipment to purchase, because this was a grant to make videos. And I have, over the last year... 
been working on getting the footage for them. And now they are all available and they are out there. Two of them are interviews with local Evanstonians. One of them is sort of a, this is Evanston Public Library video. They look great. The reason they look great is because we got a lot of really cool drone footage from a guy who lived in town and was like, hey, you want to use my drone? And I was like, hell yeah, I do. So uh, I am done with them. I will embed them in the post that goes with this episode, but uh, they are done and it's fabulous. Cool. Okay. Mine is actually kind of library related. What? So Washington, D.C.'s Mount Pleasant Library Friends, which is a nonprofit organization that supports the public library, printed these shirts that said, what's more punk than the public library? And they thought they'd sell 50, but they sold over 7,000. And guess who got a shirt? Wait, seriously? Yeah. So they raised over $100,000 and started this viral campaign. Did you know that the D.C. Public Library maintains a punk archive? I knew someone must, but I would not have guessed it was them. Yeah, so there's this great article from the Washington Post with this quote that says, "Um, Libraries are for everyone. It doesn't matter who you are. What's more punk than a place that gives you all those things? So if we go to ALA this year, Mm -hmm. you bet that I am spiking my mohawk (laughs) and wearing this shirt. And we can include a link in the show notes if anyone wants their own shirt. But... um, this, oh, it, that's a good one. Yeah, it's a black shirt with yeah. with the uh it's the, good font. What's more punk than the public library? Very good. Yeah. That's yeah, a nice size too. Yeah. Excellent. Well, that's a good one. All right. Well, let's see. We've done our St. Patrick's Day. It's too early to do the uh to do the Easter. But I'll find something. I'll find something appropriate for our next one. Okay. It'll be good. Just you wait. Just you wait. And until then, I've been Betsy. I'm Kate. Bye. Fuse 8 and Kate is a Fuse number 8 production. You can reach us at FuseKate8 at gmail.com. You can follow our podcast on Twitter at Fuse underscore Kate. You can follow us on Instagram at Fuse8Kate. That's Fuse number 8 Kate. Listen to us on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, or Player FM. Or follow us on iTunes and rate our podcast if you're so inclined. Our music is by Haddon Kime, and our Blarney Stone is Drew Atienza. Fuse 8 and Kate is a creation of Kate Atienza and Betsy Bird.